that's so bad. Oh, yeah. That is so bad, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, one and all, to From the Tips. It is me, Brian, my co-host, Rick. We are joined, thankfully, from Southside Productions, letting us do this. We are a golf podcast. Uh, we talk about the PGA. We talk about Weekend Warrior scumbag hack shit. And we just talk golf. And we hope that you guys will enjoy the ride with us. Rick, say hi to the people. They're going to get to know you, but say hi. How's it going, everyone? Um you're going to get to know me a lot, actually. Um, I'm pretty much an open book, so get ready for that. But for now, let's just get into it. I'm ready to talk some golf. Let's fucking talk some golf. Before we talk some golf, we do have to go into our leading sponsor, Southside Productions, the production company that we are under. They are doing a COVID-19 relief advertisement campaign. Uh, you can, If you have a small business, know anybody with a small business, or anyone that needs help advertising anything during these tough times that COVID has brought upon us, you can reach out to Southside Productions social media at SSP uh, Productions on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email them at the email that you will see on their Instagram and Twitter bios. Moving on to more happy shit, because thankfully we have golf during a pandemic because it's outside and it's a lovely thing. And that's all that matters. And it is really all that matters. It's all I care about. That's for certain. Um, so we had the Century Tournament of Champions this weekend, the first event in the new year of 2021, uh, and what the PGA is calling their super season. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later after we talk about it. But we do have a victor as Harris English wins the Century Tournament of Champions with 25 under being the final score for him. Uh, before the playoff, he did have to go into a playoff with Joaquin Neiman. What a fun-ass first name to say. That is a fantastic Joaquin? first name. What a great first name. That's just amusing to say. They did end up going into a playoff where Harris English did win. Uh, and uh, the scores going... potato chips beforehand. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can, you can, you can uh, expand on that real quick. Just want to get to the... Yeah, the so top. for... Yeah. For anyone who didn't uh, didn't watch or didn't really know, basically what happened is Joaquin Neiman finished his round um, <laughs> at 2,500 <laughs> and he was waiting to see what would happen. Harris English was playing well. Harris 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 English. English. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Harris English. Um, <laughs> he was playing pretty well. So uh, Neiman assumed that there may be a playoff, but obviously didn't really care that much because they panned over to a shot of him. Uh, I believe he was hanging out with his, his girlfriend and his caddy, and he was just eating some potato chips, just hanging out. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe they said it was like an hour in between shots that he took from the time that he finished his round to the time he was going to be was going to be teeing off for the playoff. For the playoff. <laughs> I, I can't even imagine. Like, I show up to a course, and I don't practice at all, and I have the worst shot of the day. I can't imagine what these guys are like when they're getting out of a rhythm, especially if you're playing that well get out of a rhythm and then go sit down for a little bit. I would, I don't know that I'd be doing that, but Hey, do it. Do you, man. Do you. Hey, what, <laughs> whatever, whatever boats your float, buddy. <laughs> it clearly didn't work out for him in the end. He clearly didn't get the win, but can't take anything away from Harris English because he played that hole really well. 
Uh, I mean, he was uh, pretty much either in the lead or floating around the top the entire time since Thursday into Sunday. So Harris English, I think, earned that. It, things got a little choppy there on Sunday with uh, Joaquin Neiman and Justin Thomas on his tail. Justin Thomas finishing in third at minus 24, only one back of Joaquin and Harris. Uh, Ryan Palmer coming in at fourth with 23 under. Xander Shoffley, 21 under in fifth. And then from then on, it's all 21 under and uh, over, I guess you would say, uh, in golf terms. Uh, looking at the top 10, though, you're looking at a lot of a lot of young guys up in the top 10. You got Xander Shoffley. You got Sungjae Im. You have Colin Marikawa, uh, Daniel Berger, Ryan Palmer, and obviously Joaquin Neiman and Harris English, all guys that were on the Corn Ferry Tour not even two years ago. Yeah. So the the new young resurgence in golf is here. And I, I'm really excited to watch it because I'm really excited to see what guys like Colin Marikawa and uh, and uh, Matt Wolf and Sung J M what they can really do. Uh, but we'd be amiss in the golf world if we did not talk about the biggest character titan at sometimes an asshole <laughs> that is. Bryson DeChambeau and all of the <laughs> nonsense he was saying all weekend. It started Thursday, which he didn't even give any time for us to prepare for what he was going to say. <laughs> he didn't even ease into it. <laughs> no, he just came out with some of the wildest shit you could ever say on a post-round interview. And it's not like his round went bad. He, I think he shot a 68 in the first round, so he had a pretty good round. Uh, he, but- 60, he was 69, 67, 70, and 66 on the weekend, finished at 20 under. Yeah, so I mean, he 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 starts with a sixty nine, so that's pretty good, and then goes to his post round interview because what are you not gonna you're you're not gonna not interview Bryson DeChambeau after a round? I mean, come on, you never know what you're gonna get. Exactly, and that's exactly what ended up happening. <laughs> he goes on this tangent about how he's training with world long drive champion Kyle Berkshire, and Dandy. and and he starts talking about his his ball speed, and then. That's pretty normal. You talk about your ball speed, especially when you're yeah. Bryson. That's pretty normal. That's something that people focus on. And then there's something that he says that just blows my mind still. And because because you you know about working out and the body way more than I do. Um, for you for those of you that don't know, he's he, Rick kind of has the body of a Greek god. Um, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so that's a lie if I've ever heard it. <laughs> well, if we're gonna compare it to me, I'm I'm Dad Bod Central and you're and you're chiseled. Um, but he starts talking about his his CNS, which he, which the broadcasters themselves at the commercial break before they went, the one goes, I gotta go Google what CNS means. And I, did, I mean, I did the same thing. I was like, the fuck CNS? What does that mean? <laughs> it's the central nervous system, and I need you to explain what that has to do with anything with golf or his ball speed or his distance, since that's all he's concerned about. So basically, the central nervous system. To put it as easily as possible, basically the central nervous system is your brain, your spinal cord, and your nerves, as you would assume it would involve your nerves a little bit. And I think, if I'm understanding correctly, what he's trying to do is he's trying to decrease the time that it takes his brain to send a signal to his muscles to swing his club and in turn increase his swing speed and power by having his muscles fire quicker and faster than they normally would. Now, you can, to an extent, make this quicker, but it's not going to 
exponentially change your golf game. It might give you a little bit extra speed, a little bit extra power. But as we've seen since the U.S. Open, when he somehow scored six under, I don't know how he shot six under um, that week. And, and being no the only guy that was under, under par. Yeah. But um, it's, it's not going to help you that much. And we've, we've seen that with him. I mean, he, he was T7 this week. I'll give him that. He, he did okay. Um, but you got you to win. If you're going to keep doing this where you're talking about all this scientific evidence and there is a perfect way to do it, you got to win. It's the only way. You're not, you're not going to have people hopping on board and believing you until you start winning consistently. Exactly. And he came up with all this after he had won the U.S. Open. And it w- I mean, I'm not going to say he failed at the century. He was 20 under in T7. Uh, so he was right there with John Rahm and Colin Marikawa with the same score. So it's not like he was – a complete failure for the weekend. He was still up there. He's still going to get a pretty good paycheck. Yeah. You got to win though. Yeah. With, with how his personality is, it's basically, it's almost winner bust. If you're going to keep talking about some scientific physics type of nonsense, you have to be a regular top five to winner at all times. If you're going to keep this going. And if you're going to get people to be on your side, I mean, you are not. Yeah. And then not get mad when you get the wrong type of publicity and people are people are saying bad things about you for only talking about this and it's just you can't you can't throw it's a, a bitch mess fit. all around. You it's can't a mess throw, all around. You can't throw a bitch fit and, and think that people hate you when you're literally inviting it. You're turn you're trying to turn golf upside down, which is I mean, all innovations in all sports are from someone who tried to turn the sport upside down and change things. I'm on board with that. That's fine. It's when you get you get pissy about people either making fun of you or con or, or being contrary to what your your belief is on the subject. If you're trying to change the game of golf in the way that he's trying to do, which is just muscle power, uh, showing right. that when you yeah show defiance and showing that when you hit the ball farther, you can break golf courses. If you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to accept the fact that there are gonna people be people that hate you especially the old golf world. Oh yeah. The, di- the dinosaur golfers, they hate you. You have to take that and either let it run off your shoulders or just be funny back or something that isn't what he's doing, which is just bitching all the time about it. There is one way that he can win a lot of people. I I I can almost guarantee this is going to work and this is what he has to do. He has to embrace it. He has to embrace the fact that he wants to be science guy. He has to embrace the fact that he wants to be the guy that's hitting long balls and and doing all this stuff to break the game of golf and break these golf courses. And the only way that he's going to do that is by showing up to a tournament in a white lab coat with the sleeves ripped off. I'm on board. If he does that, I mean, Bryson is never going to listen to this. I can almost guarantee that. But if you have Bryson, if you ever listen to this podcast right now, show up to a tournament in a white lab coat with no sleeves. Everyone's on your side. Just embrace it, but that's Damn, all you got to no, do. Like I'm here. What you're saying is, is as funny as it is. I think you're right. I mean, if he, <laughs> if he shows up a sleeveless lab coat, ripped sleeves, just looking buff as fuck and is like reading a physics book and drinking a protein shake on the range at the same time with like While he's some... walking down the fairway he just has a exactly he's just he pulls out his physics book and he's like hey protein shake me <laughs> he has one of those like camelbacks on with a protein, all protein in it and he just like it. consistently 
<laughs> they ask him in the post game, what's in the kettlebell? He's like, oh, 100% pure whey, <laughs> pure whey protein. Milk, Why you yeah, ask, bro? With that way? No, it's just the powder. No, it's just the powder. There's actually no liquid. Just straight powder. <laughs> I've, 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 I've mixed, I've mixed cocaine, and 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 um, and whey protein, and I just inhale it. <laughs> that's the secret to winning. That's the secret formula to your your your. T7. That's what my years of scientific research has proven. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's brought me to. But I I do remember seeing him on TikTok training with with Kyle Berkshire and this uh, pretty famous YouTube golfer, GM golf. Um, and there was a video of Kyle Berkshire. He had an eight iron and it was one of the digital driving ranges. One of your, mm. your um, uh, simulators. Yeah. Kyle Berkshire hits the, hits the eight iron 300 yards. And, and, and so, which is fucking ridiculous, first of all. And then during one another post-round interview with Bryson, he ha- he goes and says, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm hitting my eight iron like 205 right now. So that's kind of nice to have in the bag. First off, shut the fuck up. Just shut up. Stop. Stop. I don't. <laughs> this is what you're doing. This is what you should be doing. <laughs> it just, it. It to me, it's like, dude, if you're gonna kind of be a prick about it, you're gonna also have to realize people are not gonna like you. And you're gonna either have to ride in it and be funny about it, or just be the silent killer, don't say a word to anybody and just do your thing. Whatever you think is gonna work, whatever you feel like you wanna do, do that. Just stop complaining when people exactly do you. Don't worry about other people. Don't worry about other people. Just stop complaining about them being on the opposite side of what you want to do, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Because that's, that's what he does all the time. He's just constantly complaining about people uh, making fun of him, like specifically Brooks Kepka, who is just a troll machine. <laughs> You're never going to get out of the sights of Brooks Kepka. He already hates Brooks you Kepka. for the pace of play <laughs> issue last year. And you know, now, now it's just not going to be good. Um, speaking of Bryson and pace of play, the PGA in the 2021-2022 season, or I guess just this 2021 season, they're implementing a pace of play rule. Now, prior to this year, the pace of play rule was mostly punishing the group that was slow. They would go to the group that was slow. They'd be like, hey, if you don't pick it up either this round or the next, you will be assessed a penalty. That's how it was for many years. Now what they're doing with your advancements in technology and analytics and whatnots is they're honing in on each player and how long between shots they're taking and specifically only punishing the player instead of the group itself, which first off, I think is great. Second off, what's really funny is that uh, right now kind of around social media and the golf social media world is it's being titled the Bryson rule because of how slow he plays. Because he takes forever. So, so I, I, how do you feel about the rule? Cause I kind of like it a lot. I've, I've a few different emotions about it. I one think it's a complete waste of time because then they got to invest all those resources into each individual golfer. And you have your, I mean, you're doing that for the Friday, Thursday and Friday rounds too. That's over a hundred people. You're going to have to do that for. That's a lot of, a lot of investment you have in that. But then you look at the other end of it and it's like, I mean, basically what you said, Bryson is 
an extremely slow player. And I know me personally, I'm on, I'm on the same page as Brooks. I completely agree with Brooks. If you're slow, get off the course, get out of my way. How much better are you really going to play by taking an extra two minutes to figure out what you're doing? I get it. Like if there's like wind, if you have to like figure out certain things, but you're a professional golfer. Like if you don't know how to hit a certain shot and you can't decide at least in the ballpark, what shot you're going to need to hit as you're walking up to your ball. I mean, depending on what you just hit, you might have 300 yards to figure it out. Exactly. That's a like, long-ass walk. <laughs> so like, you got plenty of time. Like it, The thing is, is specifically because they also have caddies that were supposed to be surveying this whole course the day prior so that they have the knowledge to tell you so that you don't take that much time. Yeah. Like that's that's almost the whole point of having a caddy is so you don't have to take that much time to assess between shots what you want to do. I get that the whole win thing, you're right, I get that. But me being a, a, a hack weekend golfer, just your average mid-handicap golfer, even I can hit good golf shots without assessing wind or assessing where the green is, what the green's doing or what my lie looks like. I just get to the ball. fairly straight. And I hit it fairly straight, so like maybe 60% of the time. Sometimes it goes backwards. We're not going to talk and about that. And we're not going to talk about that. We're not, <laughs> we're not here to talk about that part. Uh, and I can still hit a decent golf shot without having to take a minute of time to be like, well, if the wind's going six miles an hour instead of five miles an hour, do you think that's going to carry the extra yard? So that the back. It's like the third grade math problems with the It trains. is. <laughs> yeah. It's like Johnny has 44 watermelons you take five how many does he have and my first question is why the fuck does johnny have 44 watermelons <laughs> who needs that much watermelon? <laughs> what what is he doing are you making juice or like what <laughs> are you are you feeding the village johnny what do you what do you need that many watermelons for that's like bryson why do you need so much time in between shots to hit the damn golf ball just hit it you even yeah. spend that much time and you still sky the green or head to the back and turn to your caddy and go Got a little bit a little farther than i thought it would <laughs> who did it maybe that's because you weigh 350 pounds of pure muscle <laughs> i i have i'm such a roller coaster with bryson there are days where like i i really like him and i want to see him succeed because he seems like a genuinely nice guy and then there are times where he's just going to keep complaining about being made fun of or someone disagreeing with him mm-hmm. and it's annoying and I'm like, just shut up and play golf. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so indifferent on him. In regards to the rule, I'm definitely not the person to be asking about that because we've played how many rounds of golf together? You know how I am when there's slow people in front of me. Like, I just – I can't handle it. So I'm definitely not the person to be <laughs> yeah, asking you, about you, that. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Brooks in that case. You just Anyway, anyway to speed it up, I'm down for it because I, I don't even take practice swings. Why would I take a practice swing? I'm not going to hit it good anyway. Well, there was the one time I got yelled at by the group in front of us for playing into them when we weren't playing into them. Now, did one of our buddies, Shanks, go eerily close to their golf carts as they were driving to the next hole? Quite possibly. How how are we supposed to know when we're going to shank? We don't. We have no idea because we suck. (laughs) We don't know when we're going to shank. Our buddies don't know when we're going to shank. Everybody on the course should probably be aware a shank is about – 30% 30% possible every time we swing a golf club. So I don't understand why they yelled at us. We weren't even playing into them. They weren't even on the fucking green when we played. It's also not our fault. You took 10 minutes on a par five 
and made us wait the whole 10 minutes on the par five because all of you had to putt your balls in because, you know, you're, when you're putting for the U.S. Open like they were, every ball must hit the hole. Oh, has to go in. I hate that. Well, bringing up that point, actually, somebody that we know and maybe a couple more people, they have a, uh, a problem with the ball not going in the hole. They do not believe in the whole gimme method. I was going to say, is this the same person that doesn't believe in gimmies? This is the same person that doesn't believe okay. in gimmies. Yes, this is that okay, same yeah. individual. Now, you. here's the thing. Here's here's why I like gimmies as a weekend golfer, just kind of your, your average every day, definitely not making the tour ever in their lifetime. Maybe won't ever break 80 in their lifetime. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable to admit that. We've, <laughs> we, we know what we are. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh I I like the gimme because it speeds the round up, especially if someone just took seven strokes to get to the green. If they're even within four feet from the first putt, just give them the damn ball. That's going to be a nine for them. Just give it to them, man. <laughs> like if it's for par, I get it. Or if it's like to save bogey, sure. Don't, don't do the gimme. But like, what's the point of not giving someone the gimme unless you have money on the round. Yeah. I mean, if there's money on it, yeah, I can see not doing it. Yeah. Like we're not making the tour. We don't have to put every ball in every hole. I probably can't put every ball on every hole. If I exactly, (laughs) if you you made me do that, I would crumble. I'm an absolute head case, but I would crumble like a cookie. (laughs) I'd be done. I, 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 I don't know how you feel about it. No, not a good cookie. I I would, I would not say I was, I'm definitely not properly baked. You gotta have the soft cookie. <laughs> you gotta have the soft cookie. I'm definitely not properly baked for this. <laughs> definitely overcooked. <laughs> Moving on to something that is uh, slightly overcooked and a little bit heated. John Rom is well known for being an absolute crazy person. Uh, he's always bitching. He's always mad about something. He always has something to say or complain about every round that he doesn't win. So what does he do in the off season? He decides that like right when 2020 is ending, knowing that the first tournament of the season is the first weekend in January. He's like, you want to know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sign with Callaway. So John Rom leaves TaylorMade to go sign with Callaway and I'm a big Callaway guy. So I'm excited about it. And then during the round, uh, I think you heard it because I don't remember hearing it. What what ended up happening? What ended up transpiring? Um, which which part are you referring to? I know we talked about it earlier. There's a know. there's a few instances where he got got frustrated when he was complaining about his club or about. Oh yeah, so I mean, he hit a shot, and obviously it wasn't a horrible shot because he's a professional golfer and he can hit any club that he needs to. But it wasn't what he was looking for. It was on the green, but it was like 40 feet away from the hole. I'm ecstatic in that situation, but I'm also not a professional golfer. So we don't get into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just on the green. We're just dancing. That's fine. So he's looking at the ball on the green and he's like, that was just that was just not what I wanted to happen right there. And he's like, he's like getting frustrated with his caddy. And it's like, well, it's a new club. Like obviously you can hit like whatever club you need to, but all the clubs are gonna be different. The weight's gonna be different. They're gonna, they're gonna feel different. Like that's why you go get fittings so that you get clubs that feel good to you. And if you're going to get new clubs that close to doing a tournament, you can't expect to hit every shot. Perfect. You just no. can't, especially since he's been with TaylorMade 
for as long as I can remember anyway. I mean, he hasn't been on the tour that long. He's only, what, 26? But, like, he's been tailor-made pretty much. He's been tailor-made his entire career. Yeah. So, so, I mean, when you make a change like that, you can't expect it. I mean, I, I, I hope it was worth it. I hope the the money, he, extra money he got from Callaway was worth a little bit of frustration in the first few few tournaments. I mean, he'll he'll come back. He's a, he's a great golfer. He's, what, number two in the world right now? Yeah, and also he went so, T7, so it's not like he Yeah, so it's not like he did horrible, and it's not like he's going to continue to do horrible. Yeah. He's just got to figure the clubs out. And, and, like, when it comes down to it, you made that decision at such a poor time to make that decision. He did, but he didn't. Because he could have made the decision. He, sh- he could have done what Bryson did. Right. He could have won the U.S. Open and then be like, you know what? I want to do a new driver right before the Masters. And then yeah. just absolutely shit the bed at the Masters. And just shit the bed at the Masters. So, I, it, in a way, yeah. he kind of did the right thing because, like, there's really nothing important coming up anytime soon. That's that's true, but, like, I feel like after the Masters, that's when he could have done it because that gives yeah. you all that time to – Well, I mean, that, that, the other thing with that, too, is it's not on him when exactly he does it. Callaway true. offered it to him at the end of the year. And we're not so, even quite sure when his contract with Taylor made ended. So yeah, exactly. That might have just ended, and then Callaway slipped in there. But um, I'm trying to see when the next like next like big event is. I don't think it's for a while. Well, the next the net well uh, that that will kind of segue us into talking about um, the super season uh, for the PGA. So the PGA is titling this uh, this season the quote unquote super season, as it says in the. Uh, in the advertisements on the golf channel uh, because this season not only has six majors, but 50 events and then the Olympics on top of that and the Ryder cup in September. So we have a full pack season of golf, which by the way, we will be with you every step of the way for that. So get fucking excited for that one. Uh, So the, it looks like the next major isn't until the masters again. Yeah, I mean, because the Masters is back one. in the spring. The next big one would be the players, because that's kind of like that's that's a big one. People yeah, are, the play, people are excited lot, about yeah, that. Yeah, big names playing the players. Looks like it has a fifteen million dollar purse this year, so that's that's not a bad chunk of change. No, nope, then you're right. Yeah, the that, the yeah. first major it looks like is in is in April for the Masters. And then there's the there's the farmers at the end of the month. A lot of guys like playing in that as well. Um. But the the next, I guess, yeah, the next big one would be the players, and then probably the Dell Technologies match play, the World Golf Championships. Um, a lot of guys like playing in that as well. But as far as majors are concerned, I mean, that the Masters, and that's in April, uh, so that's like the next big one. So if you're John Rom and trying to figure out new clubs, uh, I guess kind of now is the time to do it. But you better have them Callaway. bad boys figured out by February. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think Callaway kind of knows knows what they're doing too. Obviously, they're not gonna they're not gonna make a deal with a guy who they don't think has a chance to to do anything with it. Right. So, I mean, that's true. Yeah, I mean, mostly just with changing clubs at this point in the season, it just feels like a weird time but however this entire time is weird because it's obviously a, such a condensed season yeah um so with his contract ending with uh with taylor made and i guess callaway giving him more money 
I guess now would probably be your preferred time to do it. But as of this season is concerned, there's not really a good time to change clubs. So, yeah, no. I mean, to, to be honest, like, like I said, um, the, he was T seven and 20 under, so he was only five strokes back of the leader. Uh, so it's not like he did 20 under is going to win you the tournament. Exactly. Like this, (laughs) this course, and we can talk about the course a little bit. Uh, the course was kind of easy because there was a lot of um, downhill fairways. So, like, you hit a hill on the fairway, you're running out 40, 50 yards from where your ball landed. It was it was easy the first three days. Right. And then you could tell it got significantly harder on Sunday with the wind because the wind picked up. I think they said it was, like, 20-mile-an-hour winds at points on Sunday. It was you really tell that because the – lowest scores i think were nine under and there was two seven unders were like the lower ones and with other days there was multiple people doing that so you could you could obviously tell um tell the difference between thursday friday saturday and then sunday yeah being the, the final day um i don't know how they do i don't know how they played on that course at all i was sitting on my couch watching it and I was like mesmerized by the views. Maybe it's just because I haven't been there before, and a lot of them have. Well, like, I mean, I don't know how you focus. I don't know how you focus with that going. Golf in Hawaii is just a gorgeous thing. I mean, I, I, I mean, I shoot like really bad scores anyway, but like I can't imagine how high of a score I would shoot if I was in Hawaii trying to focus with that in the background. I mean, just golfing anywhere that's like a really nice golf club is like, wow. Yeah, we haven't been to many of those though. No, we just kind of play your average everyday muni courses, and we fucking love it. <laughs> uh, and we still get killed by the course. And we still get killed by the course. The course owns us. <laughs> the, and um, to talk more about the course, the greens seemed really slow. Uh, I mean, obviously it's it's January, so yeah. but it is Hawaii, so I guess it's not like super different. But it apparently rained all week leading up to it, so the greens were really slow. And there are a lot of guys who are really good at putting that were struggling. For uh, Dustin Johnson being one to really focus on, his putting was. I believe his main struggle of the weekend, he uh, ended up finishing T11, uh, 18 under, but he was two putting all over the place when usually DJ is a good, he can one putt from 10 feet easily. Well, his issue was, was round one. Cause he was only yeah. two under after Thursday. Yeah. If he, if he finishes four or five under after Thursday, he might be, he's in the mix for exactly for Sunday. So, I mean, it, it honestly, like, what they say is true. You can you can't win a tournament on the first day, but you can definitely lose it. And I think he definitely did lose it on the first day. This, this yeah, I th- I think he did too. And I think there are a lot of guys that kind of struggled on the first day, especially on the greens and their putting their putting stats that could have possibly been in the mix. Uh, Sergio Garcia came out on fire on day one, uh, but then just couldn't seem to find that same stroke that he had on Thursday for the rest of the days. Ended up going T11, 18 under. Uh, guys like uh, Brendan Todd and Scotty Scheffler, it seemed like their ball striking was just off. I don't know if that was because of the wind, because obviously it is Hawaii and you're on top of a mountain. So that that's going to play into it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are guys that really could, should have, I would even say, been in the mix on Sunday who weren't. Um, however, to flip the table on that, one guy I'm surprised who went T5 minus, uh, minus 21, I was surprised that not only was he in the mix, but I was surprised that he was even there, would be Xander Shoffley, the young gun, um, who had COVID over the holidays. He got COVID 
on uh, on Christmas, I believe, uh, was the story. And it, it actually it, it hit him pretty bad, according to um, to an article uh, about him talking about it. It hit him pretty bad and he was struggling for a bit there. It was, it was definitely not just your asymptomatic case. He was he was hit pretty hard, couldn't go out, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't train. And then he just shows up the first weekend in January, totally cleared, uh, COVID free. It goes. I think he said he played one practice round at home, like just played nine holes and then flew mm-hmm. to Hawaii and went T5. I, Xander Shoffley is someone to really look at this season as quite possibly a front runner. Yeah, no, he uh, he definitely is is a guy to keep an eye on. And I think the more the more interesting thing to me is I think it was in that same article they said that he had just recently took 10 days off just to yeah. give himself some rest and, and stuff. And then he had to quarantine for 10 days. So he had close to a month off in between. Yeah, he had 20-plus days off of golfing. Even holding a golf club. And then to come out and shoot 21 under with that little practice, I mean – it's impressive. It really is. And a lot of these young guys are impressive. I really think that this year is going to prove that a lot of these young guys are ready to win now and they're going to do it whether you like it or not. Uh, basically talking to your JTs and your, and your uh, Roy McElroy's uh, they're, they're going to beat you whether you like it or not. So you better either get prepared and do better or just get lost in the mix. Cause they're coming um, and that's actually going to segue us into an Instagram question we had from uh, uh, Tyler J. Toffel on Instagram. Thank you for the question on Shout our post. Tyler. Shout out, Tyler. Um, so for, for every episode that we're going to do, we're going to ask on Instagram if there's any questions that you guys would like us to answer, any comments you want to make that we need to talk about. Whatever it is you guys want us to talk about, we will listen to. Uh, so his question was, who is our favorite golfer under the age of 25? Uh, so, Rick, I'm going to let you take the reins first here, and then I'll go. Uh, you can have one or two. It uh, doesn't really matter. Obviously, there's a lot of golfers. So, Yeah, I mean, my I have two. Um, I mean, I like them all, to be honest with you. I like different aspects of all of their games. Um, I'll start with an honorable mention because he's not my favorite, but I really like watching him within 100 yards because he's lightning, and that's Sung J.M. Yes. His short game is ridiculous. So He's not my favorite by any means. Um, I can't get over his, his swing, um, his normal <laughs> the swing. The really slow um, take back. <laughs> the pause at the top. I can't get over that. But his his short game is immaculate. Like, he's really good around the greens. Um, so I'll give him an honorable mention for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, my two favorite young guys, I would say, um, but number one is Victor Hovland. Yes. I think, he, I think he's going to be really good. I mean, I think last year he had two or three wins last season. Um, not like and then he won the super, last event in 2020. Yeah, not like super prestigious events, um, but still a win's a win. Doesn't matter who's there; they're all professional golfers. Uh, so I like him. He's a he's a good kid. And then uh, an obvious one uh, that I think a lot of people are excited about is Colin Morikawa. Yeah, um, especially with his his big win last year. Uh, I think that was his only one. The I think yeah, uh, I think he only the won the championship. I think that was the only one. But hey. A win's a win, like I said. A win and is a win. PGA, PGA is a big one. Um, so he's definitely another guy to look out for. He has a, a very complete game. I think, if anything, um, his putting can get a little bit better. But overall, he has a, he has a really good game. I, his game, uh, Kyle Marikawa's game is 
so good it's kind of scary to think about what he can be because he's only 23 years old which is yeah. is, it, is it Morikawa or Marikawa because I'm saying it Morikawa and you're saying it Marikawa I've heard it both it's ways spelled with an o so I, it I'm is spelled like, with an o okay so you, you will probably be right I just I'm just I want to clear the air you know what I mean? I'm just, to disrespect obviously anyone. there's an elephant I mean, in the room that we need to address okay yeah, just, so <laughs> <laughs> Really had to really had to call my bluff on that one, huh? Okay. <laughs> I want to know for me. I don't want to be saying it wrong. <laughs> I only read in emergencies, damn it. <laughs> um, so for me, I think my two favorite, I'm a big Matt Wolf guy. I have been from the start. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of his swing or his personality, because I remember on PGA Tours Instagram, there was a he was talking to his caddy and he was like, yeah, so I think this one's like a like a low nine iron. Is that do you like that one? And this guy was like, yeah, yeah, I like it. And he turns to him, but like stops dead, turns to him and goes, "Do you love it?" <laughs> and I was like, I did not see that. That's amazing. I'll, I'll send it to you. Uh, we'll we'll try to post it on our Instagram too. He turns to this guy and goes, "Do you love it?" That's like, amazing. Yeah. Okay, well now I got a third. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's a personality I can get behind. That's and, all I need. That's that's my third. <laughs> and Victor and Victor Hovland too. He's another personality. His 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 personality is just contagious. If you if any of our listeners or even you get the chance to look up on YouTube some of his uh, interviews, he's just so honest. He's like, yeah, my mm-hmm. short game is garbage. Definitely something I need to work on. And he did, and he got the win at the end of end of 2020. And mm-hmm. I mean, Matthew Wolf's 21 and, and Victor Hovland, I believe, is is also 21. So that's that's ridiculous on its own, how good these guys are at this very young age. I love this new young core of golfers. And you even have like your 27-year-olds, like, for example, Xander Shoffley, still mm-hmm. considered pretty young and part of this young core. But this is just – it's so stacked. You have Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, there you go. Hope you're uh, <laughs> uh, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, Sung J M, Scotty Scheffler, Joaquin Neiman, who by the way went into a playoff this weekend, and, and, and those, those are like your top chip. guys there, and that's crazy, because these guys, these kids get wins. They were all except for Matthew Wolf, I believe. Uh, these guys were all there this weekend. Yeah, I don't think Matt Wolf was there this weekend. Uh, so the, the century tournament of champions is usually a tournament reserved for champions only. They extended the invitations this year because the COVID season was kind of weird. They extended to the top 30 in the, in the, in the FedEx. Um, but it, these, these guys would have been there anyways, because they all got wins, which is ridiculous to think about that. These really young kids are this good at golf and you and I are 24, or I guess you're 23, but we're 23 and 24 years old, and we can't even figure out how to not three putt. <laughs> we also just started golfing. That's like true. Two years that ago. is true. That so. is true. That is true. <laughs> These guys uh, have been doing it for a while. For pretty much their whole lives. Yeah. I just, I just would like to be better. You know, I just want to be yeah, better at golf. Yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel you, like, you, I feel like our know, life would need, be a lot better. We need, we need a full, a full nationwide shutdown besides right. golf. Exactly. That's what did it. Agreed. I mean, uh, I had yeah. the best golf of my life there in that. You really did. Uh, for <laughs> uh, Rick would, it, he he had a time where during the lockdown, he had every day free, and was unfortunately at the time unemployed, collecting unemployment. So he got to golf every single day. We have a nine-hole course like very close to us uh, that we go to all the time, and. Uh, they, I use the, um, the booking apps 
like one of the golf booking apps, and they have 18 holes sometimes for ten dollars. And I'm getting paid unemployment money. So you bet your ass I'm gonna be there every day. Because <laughs> I ain't even seeing the chunk come out. No, he honestly, this was some of the best golf I have ever seen Rick play. The man was on fire. Uh, this summer, actually, you will be with us for a couple of events that we're going to be doing. We're going to have video content for you guys on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of fun for you guys to interact with us, keep track of what we're doing video-wise, probably dissect our swings, let us know how garbage we are, please and thank you. Um, and and we're going to be doing – <laughs> there's going to be so many of those. And we're going to be doing that all in the honor of the beautiful – rbga championship now for those of you that don't know which is going to be all of you oh he's gonna he's gonna grab the trophy because yes he in fact he did win it he did win it it. there it is there's the trophy there's the beautiful beautiful thing right there that's it it, it, it's a it's a gorgeous trophy that i don't i don't i'm not quite sure i'm ever gonna get my hands on uh gonna give you a run for your money though not if i have Um, anything to say about it that's a really good point a better putter than me and pretty much everything else um so the rbga is the Really Bad Golfers Association, which is a culminating of me, Rick here, and our other friend, Phil, who you guys I'm sure will get to meet at some point on this podcast or in our videos. Uh, And we're just terrible golfers who love to compete for things. And we got this trophy together, did a little league. So that's what you guys have, uh, our listeners, that is. That's what you guys have to be excited about this summer because we're going to be doing a lot of video, vlog stuff, going to be on the socials, going to be on the YouTube. We'll keep you posted on that at our social, which, by the way, is Instagram only for the time being, which is from the tips underscore pod. Feel free to give a follow if you don't follow already, which you should be doing. We will come and find you. We're not afraid. Definitely should be. Definitely should be. Uh, moving on to uh, some non-PJ related stuff. Well, first, let's talk about what we got coming up next week. Next week, we got the Sony Open, which is also in Hawaii. So the guys, I, I guess, didn't need to leave Hawaii. And um, that will be a field of 144, so a much larger field than the Century. Uh, so that's one of that's kind of one of those ones that I'm probably not going to end up watching on Thursday because that's going to be a lot to keep track of. We'll probably come back on Friday, start watching it. Yeah. There's going to be a lot to keep track of there. And to, to expand on the, the PGA super season, they're not lying. This is kind of crazy. Uh, January, four weekends of golf, February, five weekends of golf, March, five weekends of golf, April, four weekends of golf, uh, May. That's sick. No, no. Okay. Five weekends of golf, um, June, five weekends of golf, July, five weekends of golf, August, four weekends of golf, and then it's finally the FedEx playoffs. Literally every weekend from now until the end of August, there is a PGA Tour event going on. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. I'm gassed up about it. And on top of that, we get a Riders' Cup and the Olympics. The Olympics. If that happens. If If, if it happens. And hopefully, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little pessimistic about the Ryder Cup. Right. Because I feel like the same thing is going to happen that happened this year. But at the same time, I really want it to happen. So, yes, uh, we're we're allowed to be a little skeptical, but we're also allowed to be fucking excited about it. So both happen. That's going to be incredible. This is a full pack season of golf. And I know that you and I are just so fucking ready to watch it. Uh, I'm ready to watch some crazy things happen. I'm ready to watch one of these young guns win the FedEx. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared for it. I'm here for it. I'm all there for it. Uh, moving on to some things Wait, that aren't PGA. Yeah. 
before sure. we before we move on, actually. Right on. I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm on the PGA app right now, just checking things out. Okay. Right, right. Power rankings for this week at the Sony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Top three. Who do you think it is? Oh. I haven't even taken a look at the field, so this is going to be a shot in the dark. Um, I feel all like I'm going to regulars. All of them are regulars. All of them are regulars. Okay. Um, I'm going to go um, DJ, um, Justin Thomas. Oh, I you know what? I'm going to go with one of my favorite under 25 golfers. I'm going to say Calm Eric Howard because why the fuck not? You got one. Ooh, ooh who did I get? You got Colin. Colin is Colin is, Merrick House is, is the ranked, top three. Okay, cool. Ranked number two. Okay, so number one, also under twenty-five. Can you guess? Now that you know he's under twenty-five. Um, uh, let's see who did well this weekend. I did. I did mention him already. Okay, so he's already. Um, is it, uh, I don't think you're talking about Joaquin Neiman. To be honest with you, I'm gonna go Sung Jam. That Matif is correct. Five. Yes, is he's ranked right for... He's ranked numero ah! uno this week. Okay. Do they have a reason behind that? Too. Um, it says he paced seven first timers at Capola with a T five, led the field in strokes gained T to green, and ranked T three in proximity. Top twenty fives in his first two trips to Waiale. Um, so, as I'm on it, I'm on board with it. If he wins, I, I'm cool I with can, it. I can get behind it. It's great though because. First two are under 25, and then number three on power rankings this week, Webb Simpson. No fucking way. Really? Webb Simpson is number three. Damn. <laughs> Not even in the same ballpark, but that's fine. Not even okay. close to being in the same ballpark. <laughs> now we can move on. I was just a little mind blown by the whole Webb Simpson being number three because we don't even get um, – okay. Um, it's looking like no one is playing this week. Uh, DJ, JT, none of them are even in the top 15. Oh, I guess they're taking the week off. They must be, yeah. I'm not surprised. It's a pretty big field anyways. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I see Now I see what you clicked on here. Power rankings, Sony Open in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, shit. Look at that. Yeah, crazy. All right, anyway. Lamp Simpson on. being third is weird. <laughs> uh, wow, well, okay. I guess. I mean, it says um, – He's got a 10 for 10 record at the course, including a third and a T4 in 2020 and 2019. And he's got seven top 20. So I guess it, he's good at the course is basically what they're saying. Yeah. Um, um, why not? I like it. Yes, we'll see. Webb Simpson. That's crazy. I like that. I like that. Uh, to finish off the show, we're going to do a little bit of non-PGA related stuff. Just some random golf shit that we like to talk about first and foremost i found this interesting story that i talked to rick about some of the article there's a golf course uh let's see what exact state it's in Um, i believe it was washington state yeah so it's it's in washington state however the other half of the course is in british columbia canada so right now that golf course has not been played on or touched since march because Canadians can't play on it because technically they're crossing the border, which they cannot do. And Americans can't play on it because they cannot cross the Canadian border as the Canadians have shut down their border. 
a golf course that has not been played since March, but is being kept every single day. Untouched and gorgeous. I want to play it so bad. I'd be so willing to break the law for this. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I'm going to give uh, whoever's in charge of this stuff a little bit of a pro tip here for in case this ever happens again, which I hope to God that it doesn't. Big pro but tip. if it ever happens again, one way that you can control it is you can put a big electric fence along the border. And then if you're in the U.S., you can play the U.S. side. And if you're in Canada, you can play the Canada side. If you try to cross the border, you just get electrocuted. So then you're going to fucking you're you're gonna get electrocuted and die. So that's on Yeah, you. exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, they, you still get people to play. It's maybe only nine holes. I don't know how the course is set up, but maybe maybe you, like, hit into a fairway and then the ball's in Canada. So you just have to assume that you got par on that hole. That's what I would do. Oh, I'm always good with assuming par. Assuming par is one of my favorite things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, it's so interesting to me that there's a golf course that's half in the U.S. and half Canada. Even before COVID, that's kind of a cool thing to advertise. Yeah, no, seriously, I You're, can't believe I never heard of it until never heard of it either. That's like such a cool idea to me that there's a half and half kind of Canadian American course that you can play on and be like, hey, where are you from? Oh, from Canada. Fucking what? <laughs> I guess that's probably normal for that town in Washington. Yeah, they're probably kind of like, used to you know, Canadian border towns, I guess. They're probably pretty used to it. Yeah. For someone for like us who lives in Pennsylvania, we're like, if someone's like on the golf course, you're like, hey, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Canada. You're like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> a little south of the border, don't you think? <laughs> uh, took a wrong turn on 95, or whatever your roads are. I was going to say, you think they got 95 out in the. I wonder how the roadways work in Canada. Do they have like I numbers or do they I have 59. like. Or do they have like the curling highway? I fifty nine. I think it is. I fifty nine. No, I twenty. It's the twenties under the I, because it's the uh, yeah. Never mind. Just thinking. You you good there? You you, you (laughs) got the little international highway tangent going. (laughs) They really had to work that one through. (laughs) Train's a little slow sometimes. (laughs) It's all those uh, concussions you've had. (laughs) (laughs) That's my fair share. See, look, we got you out of contact sports into non-contact sports. Look at you. No concussion. Yeah, until I get nailed in the head with a golf ball from someone not screaming before. Yeah, well, that reminds me of the time uh, we were golfing uh, in the Poconos and Phil sh- shanked a drive into the porta potty I was in and being the side of the wall of the porta potty. I I wasn't even taking a shit, but I almost did. It was petrified. I thought, I thought a bird hit the porta potty. I come getting out and I come out of the porta potty. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And Phil was like, I shanked it. <laughs> he either could have actually shanked it or you both could have uh, just like took aim at my at my porta potty. I'm not we'll quite sure what transpired. We'll let that we'll be let a mystery. Be a mystery. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let the listeners decide what they want to believe on that one. I would like <laughs> to believe that you wouldn't do that, but actually I know you too. So now I'm like 75% sure <laughs> it did do that. But then my question stands, there's no way he has that good aim to hit the porta potty. Exactly. There's absolutely no way. So now you're just never going to know. So now I'm never going to know because there's no way that, uh, that that guy with the banana hook that he has is going to tee it up, aim at my porta potty and actually hit it. There's no way. Maybe he's been he's been bluffing you this whole time. <laughs> now you think they're bluffing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think they're bluffing. Yeah, yeah, that was a bluff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope everybody listening to this podcast is ready for movie quotes because we got plenty of them. We do a lot of them. <laughs> uh, so many of them. 
uh dander and to cap off the show uh we were seeing some videos on social media that we just find hysterical the so obviously in your northeastern and northern states of pennsylvania it gets fucking cold during the winter things freeze it happens there are some greens out there videos circulating you can look it up say you got like a 50 yard a 50 yard pitch shot you hit the green the ball hits it bounces 10 feet in the air and bounces off the green saw that because the green itself is a sheet of ice at that point do you think the course should have just closed down for the day considered unplayable or are you excited for the chance to go at it i don't know i don't was it ice was that confirmed it wasn't like actually ice it was just so rock hard from being frozen no i think you just let it play yeah but like hitting that shot like sitting it pin high and then it bouncing 10 feet in the air right off the green how do you play that do you do you go full phil nicholson and putt from 80 yards out texas wedge baby Texas wedge from 80 yards out. We love the, that's the way. the way to go. That's the way to go. That's the only <laughs> way it could be done. And then you have to get in front of it and use your putter like a curling, like one of the, the yes. Using curling. Do you get a teammate? <laughs> Do you get a teammate with the with the curler? You just well, if you're playing a scramble, yeah, you get your teammates. To like, All right, yeah. So uh, can you only use your putter, or like can you grab a broom? Well, well like a like one of those brushes for the clubs. Where you yeah, like, yeah. So like really I mean, I tiny. They gotta just like sketch it. The yeah, whole I mean you could do that, or you could just put bristles on the end of your putter and. Then, you could do that too. I like this idea. I want to find a course that's frozen enough to do this now. I bet you that one in Canada is probably pretty close. Bet you that one in Canada is pretty fucking cold. <laughs> tell you what, probably covered in snow too. Uh, and as far as wrapping up here, last thing to really touch on would be the uh, the Tiger documentary that dropped with HBO. There have been a lot of poor reviews of this documentary. People saying that it's. Um, it's a documentary attacking Tiger for his past. We obviously know that Tiger's past is not 100% clean. We know what happened. We get it. Uh, but apparently the HBO documentary spends a lot of time on the bad things that happen in Tiger's life and not enough of the good things. Uh, I haven't gotten to see it yet. I don't have HBO. So I've heard that his 2019 Masters win, which is a culmination of the amount of hardship he went through to come back and win something, at his age and how many years he's been playing on the PGA tour. Apparently it only touched on it for a minute of movie time. That's insane. Just glanced over the fact that he won the 2019 masters. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a lot of complaints about that. Um, obviously you need to have that stuff in there. That's part of the story. Uh, yeah. But you need I, to have I, a balance. That's yeah. the issue is you need to have a balance because he's the second all time um not masters second all-time uh major winner like there's there's so many good things that he did and obviously you want to you want to highlight the bad things because that's part of his story and obviously part of his comeback story for winning the masters in 2019 but you just i i don't know i don't i don't make tv shows i don't make movies i don't know what sells that's true they think that's gonna sell good go for it but i think they should they should do a little bit more of the evenness I think they need to respect Tiger more. I think that's the, that's what's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. According to this article on golfdigest.com, uh, Tiger Woods' agent Mark Steinberg said, quote, just like the book it is based off of, the upcoming HBO documentary is just another unauthorized and salacious outsider attempt to paint an incomplete portrait of the greatest, of the, one of the greatest athletes of all time. And you, I want to see it so I can agree with his agent. Um, 
But apparently, uh, going on in the article, it says both the documentary and the book spent extensive time examining Wood's relationship with his father, Earl, and the impact that that may have had on his development as a man. So it almost seems like they're attacking the fact that Earl had him golfing so early and that maybe that kind of affected his ability to be a kid or be a young adult or something like that. But Tiger's gone on record saying he wouldn't have it any other way. He loved his father. He had a great relationship with his father and he enjoys golfing and he has a great family. His son, Charlie is awesome. His daughter's awesome. He has a great girlfriend who's raising his kids with him. It's not like all this, all these things happening to him made him an awful man. Cause he's not, he's still a good man. He just might've not had a chance to be a regular kid because he was this good at something. Yeah, I mean, he made some mistakes. Everybody does that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I, I haven't seen it, so I can't make too many claims on it. But once I see yeah. it, I want to be able to be like, I really want it to not be what people are saying. I want it so badly. But I, it, yeah. it probably is exactly like the book was, because I've heard exactly what the book was, the book named Tiger. I uh, forget who the author is. Um, author of the book... Um, written by Armin Katayan and Jeff Benedict. Um, and uh, Armin Katayan was an executive producer for the two-part series. Um, the book itself was almost a full-blown attack on Tiger as a human. It was like, this guy's fucked up. Sure, he's pretty good at golf, but like, this guy sucks. Yeah. And I really hope that's not what the HBO documentary is, but it's starting to sound like it. And I can't get behind that because like we said, Tiger's been th through so much and he is the greatest golfer of all time. I will stand here and say that right now. He is the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, no, I totally agree. You got to respect him. He, people make mistakes. People fuck up. He fucked up, but it's not like it's continued. Like his whole life has been fucked up. Yeah, no, he made as good as he could on it. And he seems to be on the up and up. I mean, he's injured a lot now, but that's, nothing to do with his character he's just not exactly. able to play as much so i mean that's i just wish that it wasn't the way it was uh however that will do it for episode number one uh we are so excited to keep bringing you as much golf content as a uh, golf content as we possibly no, can no actually i like that what don't don't golf correct ten? golf tent that's i yeah, like that that's new we copyright that do we we can we copyright that, that. i'll i'll uh I'll, I'll call my people at the uh in the government because you know they, they, they got pool yeah, so like you got you know. pool yeah no i got you yeah, golf yeah i got, I got super nice. pool. Yeah, golf 10 okay well we'll use that we can we put a trademark on that we're gonna do that we're gonna do that we're gonna bring yeah. as much golf tent as humanly possible uh bringing the podcast during the summer we're gonna be vlogging we're gonna have a youtube we hope to see fans we hope to communicate with fans if you guys want to golf with us Hit us up on our socials. We are not going to shy away from fans wanting to golf with us. We have no friends with us. We have no friends. We will golf with you. We will absolutely golf with you. <laughs> not a problem at all. But that will do it for episode number one. Thank you, everybody. Rick, would you like to sign off? Yep. Yeah, thanks, everyone. This has been From the Tips. <laughs>